Everything changed when your mum died. Mm. Tell us what happened. Yeah, well, uh, I was at the peak of my powers, really. Uh, or certainly I was moving in the right direction. I was one of the top 50 in the world and um, playing my first Masters. And my mum and dad were there. And it was the weirdest week ever. And um, because mum and dad didn't come and watch me play because dad couldn't watch me play because of the whole sort of... He couldn't help it, even as an adult. I'd be looking at... I couldn't help myself. I'd watch him down the side of the fairway and he'd be like, oh, he's doing this. He'd be doing all sorts of funny moves like because he's annoyed that I did a bad... or make a bogey or whatever. So he never came. But I said, well, come. Did you ask him not to come? Or I didn't want him to he, come, and he didn't yeah, like right. it. He didn't like it. He did, and again, like that's the whole special. point. He didn't. He didn't mean any of this. He's just. He meant so much to him. That was the thing. Uh, and of course, he the, the members of the golf club used to drive him wild. Or he could say, "Oh, see, your lad missed the cut." He says, "I was just after people. I need to go and get in the car and drive home because he couldn't handle it." Um, and of course, as you know, and we all know in this world, there's plenty of that where you have to be able to sort of in one and out the other with with sometimes fans or public or people who want to let you know their opinions. But um, the funny thing was at the Masters, he came and they watched me. And on the second day, I was um, doing quite well. And uh, in Amen Corner at Augusta um, is a very obviously well-known uh, area of Augusta National, one of the fam- most famous parts of a golf course you'll ever hear about. And I hit a ball. I made a mistake and I dropped two shots with cutting the story short. I dropped a couple of shots and I was in trouble now. And then I birdied for the last six holes. I, should, I could have birdied all six of them. But it was pretty impressive. I ended up tied 13th going into the third round in my first Masters, which is impressive because most people miss the cut in their first Masters because it takes a few years to learn that course. And my dad um, came in and when I walked in, he's, he wasn't the sort to be like, oh, mate, and cuddles and all that. Oh, I'm so proud. He, he he, he is now like that. He wasn't then. And he couldn't speak. And he just said, that that was that was the best. That was the best. And I was like, what? When I walked in, I was like, what? what? He was the best, that, best. He couldn't get it out. That's all he could do. I was like, this is peculiar. And my mum was so happy. I remember seeing how happy she was. Yeah. Like, it all all been worthwhile. So anyone on the Sunday when it all finished, I gave my mum a hug at the back of 18 at Augusta. I went on to Harbour Town for the next week's tournament, uh, which I was going into the Saturday. After three rounds, I was in contention to win for the first time on the PGA Tour. And um, I come off and I had 15 missed calls from my brother. I find out mum's had a heart attack. They'd gone back to Orlando at this stage. Um, You need to come down. So pulled out the tournament, drove down there. In the end, her heart was fine, but... um, She'd. We didn't know how long it had been since my dad had found her and started with CPR. And um, the question was how badly her brain might have been damaged if it was damaged at all. Um, but the opt- the CT scans were really positive, or the ECG scans, I think they call them, don't they? ECG scans. Yeah, they showed activity, which was great. So, oh, she's going to wake up fantastic. Everything's going to be great. And I was lucky enough that Nick Faldo, being a friend of mine, knew the best doctors, and I had airlifted to the right hospitals. It's one of the perks of, you know, being in that privileged position, be able to help someone like that. And you hope it's going to make the difference. Uh, anyway, two days pass, and as anyone who knows who's been through anything like this, the time is is a massively important thing. The longer it goes, it, the curve is quite steep at the end. So. Uh, the next scan showed there was limited activity, and then the last scan after on the sixth day we had another scan, um, and it showed that she had no activity. And it was like a film. I remember the doctor coming in, and he the, the bit that was most disconcerting about it all was that the doctor cried when he, he he was crying when he told us, which is really weird when a doctor cries because doctors yeah. aren't supposed to cry. You know, they're supposed to be the ones who deliver it too clinically and unemotionally, aren't they? And actually. Uh, he was really emo- he just said she's not coming back she's not gonna 
wake up and, and my dad blessed him was so businesslike about it and so, so, so what do we do now then what do we do and he said you don't do anything now he said we can keep her alive and, and he was looking for the doctor to tell him like do we keep her alive or not mm. um, and doctors don't tell you that and he did he said she's not coming back she's not going to if she does she won't know who you are she won't speak eat move and uh, thankfully, they talked about it, uh, you know, as everyone does, because we've all seen those films, right? And mm. like, what would you want? And well, turn me off if I'm going to be like that. And so that's what we did. And she died within a minute. And um, and then I literally fell off a cliff after that, really. And unfortunately, I was looking like I was going to make the Ryder Cup team that year. And in hindsight, it was the biggest mistake I made was making it very public. I did a press conference, buried my mum on a Tuesday, flew her home, buried her on a Tuesday. Instead of playing at Sawgrass in the Players' Championship, played the Italian Open because I should have won it the year before, a couple of times I should have won it and Momo's really wanted me to win the Italian Open for some reason, even though it's just a regular tournament on the European Tour, so I went there for it was all emotional already, but it seemed right at the time and I was thriving off it because it felt it made me feel closer to her and um, I did a press conference about my mum passing away, which was the weirdest thing uh, and it was all very public and all the way through, and it came down to the last six holes and the, well, the, the last nine of the last event to make the team for the Ryder Cup. So it lasted the whole year, and I just missed it. Oh and Nick called me into the office. Faldo was the captain. And he said, look, I'm not picking you, um, but you know, I want you to come with us as, as part of the team and be there. And I said no, because I think I was just emotionally spent. And then after that, I really did sort of... I think something kept me going because there was a part of me... I was still... Like, the Italian Open, I just bare my mum, I came top ten. Because I was playing so well, but then I was just well, just on adrenaline yeah, I, or what? I, just because I was I was playing great golf, mm. but this isn't hadn't really hit home what was going on, yeah. and so I, I'd be like in the first first time in floods of tears, tearing off in it, mm. and then I'd just break down halfway around, and start crying, and then I'd make a birdie, and then it just it was the weirdest vibe. It's not healthy what I was doing, and I made it my goal to make the Ryder Cup team for my mum, which was the massive mistake because it became something that was beyond my control, mm. and. Um, so many people wanted it for me as well, and it, I did so much damage that was that I probably paid the price for a lot after that. Mm. And um, the next year I won again, and the, the, where I lost my game wasn't until that next year when I won. And it was the, the end of my game was the last was the day I won my last tournament because I had it in my head I was going to have this moment. And ironically, Martin Keimer the year before on the same green in the same tournament, his mum had just passed away, and he pointed up to the sky. And uh, I remember watching it. My mum was still alive at that time. Um, oh, sorry. No, it wasn't. It was the same time. It was right around the same time. I remember watching it. It wasn't long after mum had passed away. And I remember Martin pointing up to his mum and to the sky on the screen. And I was emotional about it because of, obviously, the, what was going on. And um, also any person... He's a young man. He was a young man. He's younger than me, Martin. To lose your mum at that age, it's too young. He would have been probably 23. Mm. Terrible. What were you, 25? 26. 26. So um, it was really emotional. I thought I would, I, and when I, I thought I will have that moment, and ironically, it was the same tournament, the same green, same golf course, um, and I halt the putt to win, and it was to beat Bernard Langer and Retief Goosen, and... Um, and I did the whole pointing up thing and it was the most hollow thing because it was just like it was going through the motions I didn't feel anything because in the end mum's still dead and actually she just wanted me to be happy and this wasn't making me happy mm. uh, and I put myself through so much for this moment it was so hollow it was mm. just so hollow it didn't mean anything we, we went out for drinks after I thought you know what I played over 300 tournaments on the European tour and I won three times and winning three times put you so in a in an elevated tier of player because most people to win once okay quite a few people win once 
still less than half, but then it drops off massively once you get to people who win twice to three times and then so on. See, it's not easy winning with 156 other competitors every week. Um, and I thought, wow, this meant very little to me. And actually, it was quite a sad day, and it really wasn't that easy to achieve. And I thought, this is this is going to be a problem. And I remember being with the guys that night, and I, I just, I never had it, let alone I had a chance to win. I never, won, I never came in the top 10 in a tournament again after that. How quickly did you realise that, that this was a hollow, like the reflections that you had and that you're talking about now, how long did that take to kind of sink in and dawn on you? Was it straight away? Straight away, well, then, at that yes, night, I remember, yeah. Because I, even with my dad, I remember speaking to my dad and, I don't know, I just, it was stupid, I don't know, I made no sense, but emotionally it must have done. Like, uh, I'm going to make it all right. I'll make it all right, I'll win this for us. Mm-hmm. It's like, great, great win, mate. But, oh, you know, yeah. yeah, like, you know, still, you're not going to see your mum. You know, and uh, and that, that I still find it really odd today. The idea that I can't speak to my mum, the the terminal thing about someone passing away is the most hardest thing I've ever had to get my head around. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, the other big thing it led to was that really bad things could happen to me, and that whole mindset my dad had instilled in me as a kid uh, of I was bulletproof. I really did believe I was bulletproof. Anything, if something bad happened, I would palm it off as in, well, I mean, something better is going to happen. And inevitably, I was did because that mindset self fulfilling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden, there's nothing good that happens off the back of that. There is no better outcome, is there? It's not like there's going to be, oh, your mum's going to come back and she'll be 10 years younger and healthier as well. Yeah. No, that's it. It's done. Yeah. Uh, and so I realised that bad things could happen. And I think then it started me on more of a negative spiral. And um, all of a sudden, and golf played in a negative way with a, with a bad mindset is a bad place because it's hard. It's a really hard game. Is, is that why Faldo didn't pick you? Did, did he see a vulnerability in you that, or did could, could, he could have, that team anyway? But could he picked you as his wild card though? He could have done, and that's why he brought me in his office to tell me he wasn't going to pick me as his wild card. And but why um, not? Why do you think that? Because was? there were other good players. I think he went with Poulter, and um, I can't remember who else he picked. He overlooked Casey as well, I think, for that one. Um, but did you, I had a did chance you feel a bit say, gutted I, about that? Because given that no, he was like your mentor. No, because it would have been risky to pick me and also I'd have been a rookie. And mm. to pick a rookie is a big deal. And I think there was a few rookies in that team anyway. And I still had a chance. I very nearly made it by my own right in that last event mm. still with all of it. Um, and it would have been risky. It would have been a lovely thing to do. And obviously with our relationship, it makes it harder when you have those things mm. because it would have looked like he was picking his someone, were picking the, the, the kid he's looked oh, after. Boy. Yeah. Um, but he, he made the right. Well, it wasn't the right pick because we got battered. But the um, <laughs> but the the decision didn't bother me at all. It was a different thing altogether. You can't get sentimental about those things. You've got to do the right thing. So. And then, uh, you know, really, it's it's fair to say your golf never really recovered. Never got back to those glory Terrible days. Pinks. Sorry, <laughs> it was. It's beyond that. That's what's wonderful about the job I do now is that I know what it's like. Because I played with, the highlight of my career was playing with Tiger and going toe to toe with him at the U.S. Open, and uh, and feeling comfortable. And it was just the best day of my career because you're playing with something. Winning tournaments is one thing, but being around someone that you know is he's Muhammad Ali, he's Michael Jordan, he arguably more so potentially by the end of it all. If he this comeback keeps coming, um, it's the gift that keeps give, keeps on giving Tiger Woods. But um, the most amazing things I've done in my career and I've experienced at the top level and I've been really good at this game uh, and not been fearful of anyone 
and I've also been fearful of myself um, and terrified of taking the club back and being absolutely bloody awful and uh, the worst of it being running out of golf balls in South Africa when I'd lost my card and I'd been on the I was one under after six holes in this tournament on a really hard golf course at Fancourt and on the 16th tee I was 15 over and I'd had two scores in double digits and I had my last ball and the caddy gave me my he said that's your last ball mate <laughs> I remember being stood over oh. and I thought I'd already, I'd already lost one off that tee, so it was going to get worse than 15 over. Oh. And I thought, I can't shoot in the 90s, it's mortifying. I thought, if I lose this ball, I'll be disqualified, but that's better than having to shoot 90-something and everyone seeing it. And I thought, wow, that's, you're, in a, you're in a really good place if you think it like this. And of course, it spooned it off to the right-hand side, lost the ball, and the referee, the referee didn't know what to say to me. He said, um, I don't, he said you, you're just disqualified I went that's fine with me mate I said, which way which way to the clubhouse oh. and um, that was the, the, the bottom of the barrel because the funny thing is when it went wrong the bottom of the barrel I, I kept thinking I'd hit the bottom of the barrel and it was no and it actually I would have been devastated and I was only halfway down at certain times um, and it came to the yips with the driver I got so scared of the game and of failing and because I was failing so often I was self it was justifying why I was feeling like this and it was snowballing out of control and it got so bad that I just, I, I didn't want to play. I didn't know how to take the club back and I was so scared and I would just quit on my swing on the way down because I was so scared and it would just go miles offline, lose a ball. And it was the most horrific, it, when people would watch it and you'd be like, oh my God. You know, it was like that. It'd take your breath away how bad it was. Um, I, and it was, and I knew I was in trouble because it was in here, it was in my head. Yeah. Um, yes, it was manifesting itself in a technical way. But and the other thing, I just changed all these coaches, and that's what I did when I when Mum died. I changed everything because I didn't want to deal with what was really happening. I started sacking people left, right, and centre. Right, that's not working. Like Damien Taylor, um, Brendan Taylor was, was my manager all the time. We had a great little team, and I started just getting rid of people. Sorry, mate, that doesn't work anymore. But was that the control freak in you, just trying to trying re? To find, I wanted to have some control. tangible that yeah. I could touch and feel yeah. that I could be like, no, that that doesn't work. This will work instead, rather than going, look, no, you just whoa. You know, you, you Did you ever at any stage ask yourself, say to yourself, look, clearly this is coming back to the massive trauma, the horrendous shock of losing your mum so young? I just don't think I was ready. I, don't, I, I just don't know what I would have done with it, though. I didn't like how it makes me feel. I'm, I, you know, I'm from that sort of family where you just sort of, all right, come on, let's go. Let's get up and go again. And I did. And uh, one thing Di would tell you, actually, throughout all of it, I'd be in tears loads of times, but... Um, but I never woke up one day without feeling it. I'd bounce out of bed every morning, even in the bottom of the barrel. I was just like, right, today's the day. And I'm very proud of that because that's not an easy, that's, go, that's part of my character, which would help me get where I was. 